And uh, the third door of liberation is uh, aimlessness. The Sanskrit word is uh, apranihita. Apranihita means you don't put something in front of you and run after. Aimlessness. And this is a wonderful practice. It can bring you peace right away. It can bring healing right now. We know that we have the habit of running after something. Fame, profit, wealth, and so on. Even enlightenment. And people imagine uh, the monks as uh, people who are striving for enlightenment, running after enlightenment. And according to the Buddha, well, that is not the practice. If you have received uh, the five mindfulness training this morning or before, You belong to the 43rd generation of a tradition of a lineage called Lingji, Master Lingji. I am of the 42nd generation of that tradition. And you who took the five trainings, you belong to the 43rd generation. And Master Lingji, his teaching is very strong on this aspect. Don't run after anything. What you want to be, you already are. Aimlessness. And the practice you would like to realize in this retreat is, is just that, stopping, stopping running and to search for your happiness in the future, elsewhere. The kingdom of God, the pure land of Buddha, is available in this very moment. You know how you can step in that uh, kingdom with uh, just one step. And peace, joy, um, healing, Enlightenment should be looked for in the present moment, not in the future, not elsewhere. And that is the teaching of aimlessness. There is no way to healing. Healing is the way. Every breath you take, every step you make should be healing. The healing should take place right here and right now. And if you know how to do it, 
every thought you produce, every word you say, every breath you take, every step you take can be healing, can bring a relief right away. And that is why stop running. Allow yourself to relax, to be peaceful, to be comfortable in the here and now is very important. One of you wrote, "Mm. Are you enlightened already? Are you an arahat? We need to know in order to believe, to have confidence. Another wrote, uh, now if, uh, if we don't, um, if we only uh, think of the present moment, if we don't make uh, plans for the future, uh, how can we uh, arrange a, a good future for us and for our children? All these questions can be answered by the teaching and the practice of uh, aimlessness. Let us uh, talk about enlightenment. Enlightenment is not something you strive for, you run after. The moment when you become aware of the fact that you are breathing in, that is already enlightenment. Most of us live in forgetfulness. We walk and we don't know that we are walking. We eat, we don't know that we are eating. We suffer, we don't know that we suffer. We make the other person suffer, we don't know that you are making him or her suffer. The practice of mindfulness is to be aware of what is going on in the here and the now. Many of us walk like a sleepwalker most of our life. And the practice of walking meditation is to become aware of every step, to be with each step, and to get the stability, the joy, the relaxation with every step. Such a step made with joy and relaxation and happiness is already enlightenment, an element of enlightenment. Today you make a number of steps like that and you enjoy each step. Each step has the power to heal, to relax, to bring you back home to the here and the now, to touch the wonders of life. And such steps are already enlightenment. What else are you searching for? And as you continue to practice, your enlightenment gets deeper, your joy, your relaxation, your healing uh, get deeper. It's like uh, learning uh, to play tennis. You should enjoy learning. 
and if as you continue to enjoy uh, learning playing tennis you play better and better all the time enlightenment is like that enlightenment is a matter of here and now every step every breath every thought every word should uh, express enlightenment mindfulness is already enlightenment mindfulness of eating mindfulness of uh, walking mindfulness of uh, uh, sitting that is already enlightenment the buddha is someone buddha is someone inhabited by the energy of mindfulness concentration and insight and mindfulness always bring along concentration and go lead to insight and there is insight already when you look at the flower with mindfulness you can see the flower you can really see a flower the flower is not in a dream like in a dream anymore look at the flower in such a way that the flower is no longer in a dream you see the real flower in our daily life we are not truly there we are not mindful we are not real and the people who, who live around us they are ghosts they are not real with mindfulness we are we become real and we touch the reality of the people of the trees of the birds of the flowers around us they become real that is enlightenment you don't live in a dream anymore and most of us live in dreams nothing is real at all so mindfulness make it real make you real make the life real and that is only enlightenment there is no way to enlightenment enlightenment is the way every moment of your daily life should embody enlightenment and if you continue enlightenment will get deeper and deeper every day when you are enlightened when you are compassionate you are a buddha the fact is that we are only part time buddhas <laughs> at time we are compassionate at time we are aware we cherish what is there but uh, we cannot be like that all day that is why the practice help us to become a full time buddha there is no way to happiness happiness is the way you should be happy while you walk while you breathe while you eat your breakfast and that is a deep practice you are there sitting and eating Uh, breakfast with members of your family or community eat in such a way that make freedom brotherhood sisterhood joy possible that is a practice and we are capable of eating our breakfast like that you know in the morning when we have our breakfast we have an opportunity to be there for each other i can look at uh, my son or my disciple and i smile i recognize his presence 
and make me happy. I don't hold a newspaper in order to hide him from me. <laughs> I don't turn on television in order to, to, to remove my attention to, uh, from him. So there are things that I can do in order to be really there for my beloved one from myself. Eating your breakfast in such a way that mindfulness is there, concentration is there, life is there, uh, brotherhood, sisterhood is there, joy is there. That is something we can do. We can arrange, we can organize well so that breakfast is a celebration of life. And uh, we get the nourishment not only from the toast, from the muesli, but we get the nourishment from our love, from love. And this is possible. So there is no happiness. There is no way to happiness. You think that you have to do hard labor in order to arrive at happiness. But happiness must be the way. Every moment of your daily life should be should be happiness. And this is possible. We know that uh, we have eyes still in good conditions. And we only need to open our eyes in order to see all, form, all kinds of forms and colors. There is a paradise of forms and colors available because we have eyes. We need only to open our eyes. And with mindfulness, you realize that the kingdom of God, the pure land of the Buddha, is available. You just enjoy. Mindfulness is the kind of passport <laughs> that allows us to enter the kingdom of God, the pure land of the Buddha. You don't need to die in order to go to the kingdom of God. It might be too late. You have to be very alive in order to go into the kingdom of God. And in order to be truly alive, you should be mindful. Mindfulness brings your mind back to your body and you suddenly become fully present, fully alive. And with one step, you can already enter the kingdom of God. Everywhere you go, you have the kingdom, you have the pure land. If you don't allow yourself to be carried away by other things, if you can stop running, if you can practice aimlessness. Imagine a wave running after water, searching for water. We are searching for the kingdom of God. We are searching for happiness. We are searching for enlightenment. It's equally funny. So the teaching we share here is that there is no way to enlightenment. Enlightenment is the way. There is no way to happiness. Happiness is the way. There is no way to peace. Peace is the way. Every thought you produce should be peace should be compassion, non-discrimination, forgiveness. Everything you say should be peace. Everything you do should be peace. We are not uh, looking for peace in the future. We try to be peace in the present moment.
and the teaching of the Buddha allow us to do it. There is no way to healing. Healing is the way. If you know how to handle your breathing, your steps, your body, your foot, and healing happens in every minute, in every, every moment. Don't run after some healer outside. You have many factors of healing available in the here and the now. Just recognize them. Just make use of them and make the healing happen right here and right now. Don't wait. The teaching of the three doors of liberation is very deep. Yeah, we got only a little taste today. Hopefully you have the time to inquire more about this teaching and put them into the practice. And this teaching is available in every Buddhist tradition. And if you read the gospel carefully, you recognize the teaching in it. In the gospel, according to Matthew, it is said that uh, let's not uh, worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. It's very clear. So let us take care of the present moment, of the here and the now. We have to live in such a way that make peace, happiness, enlightenment possible in this moment. And we don't have to worry about the future anymore because the future is made with only one substance, the present. If in the present moment you, you are doing everything you can to take care of the present moment, it means you are doing everything you can for the future. And when you sit down, establish uh, yourself uh, fully in the present moment, you can learn a lot from the past. And you can uh, make plans for the future. Mindfulness doesn't mean that you have uh, no, no right to learn from the past. We can learn a lot from the suffering of the past. Let us sit down and let us be fully in the here and the now. And we bring the past to the present and look deeply. You are still anchored in the, past, in the present moment. You bring the past to the present moment as an object of your inquiry. And you can learn a great deal from the past. The idea is not to lose yourself in the regret and sorrow concerning the past. The idea is not, the practice is not to forbid you to think of the past, not to allow yourself uh, to be carried away by the sorrow, the regret, because that does not help. But uh, looking deeply into the past, while you are well established in the present moment, is a meditation. And when you are well established in the present moment, you can bring the future to the present moment, and you can make the plan 
what is um, what what should not be done is to lose yourself in the fear and uncertainty concerning the future, because your fear and your uncertainty concerning the future does not help. It ruins the present and it ruins the future. So mindfulness is not to take care of the past or to take care of the future. Mindfulness is not to allow ourselves to be to get lost in the fear and anxiety concerning the future and in the regret and sorrow concerning the past. And looking deeply in the spirit of interbeing, you can touch the past, you can touch the future in this very moment. If you think that something damaged that you have done in the past, you cannot go back to the past and repair it anymore. But in this teaching, you can fix the past. Because the past is still there in the present moment. Suppose a few years ago you said something unkind to your mother. And your mother is not there for you, no longer for you to to say, I'm sorry. So you regret, you carry a feeling of uh, guilt with you. You cannot dissolve. But according to this teaching, you just sit down, you practice deep looking, breathing, and you see your mother alive in every cell of your body. You can talk to her mother. I regret to have said such a thing. I know you suffer and I suffer too. I promise that from now on, I would say something like that again to anyone. And you can see your mother smiling in you and your wound begins to heal. So in this practice, you can heal the past. You can fix the past. You have the sovereignty. And the same thing is true with the future. If we handle the the present moment uh, the best way we can, that is already everything we can do for the future. To worry about future does not help. Live the present moment in such a way that the future becomes possible for our children to to manage, to handle the present moment. We should be truly there, body and mind united. And that is an art to handle the present moment. If we know how to handle the present moment well, we can get the healing, the transformation. And we are sure a good future. We will not transmit negative, destructive things to our children and to their children anymore.
in the Buddhist tradition, they speak of uh, nirvana. Nirvana means, uh, sometimes means uh, great bliss, great happiness. Nirvana sometimes means uh, liberation, extinction. But we can, we can say that uh, nirvana is uh, the absence of notions, like the notion of birth and death. As we look deeply, we can touch the true nature of no birth, or of no death, of everything, of everyone. In the surface, it looks as if there are birth and death, beginning and ending. But looking deeply, you can remove these notions. And the example of the wave is uh, helpful. Uh, a wave uh, seems to have a beginning and end, a going up, a going down. But if the wave recognizes she is water, and then she enjoys going up, she enjoys going out. She enjoys her form now as a wave, but later on, she will enjoy what the form she will take. It's very important that we practice so that we can touch the nature of no birth and no death, that inside of no birth and no death, and that inside is called Nirvana. Nirvana is not a place located in space or time. We should run after. It is the true nature. It's like the water is the foundation of uh, every wave. We have a notion of time. Time is running in, in, in this direction. This is uh, the past. This is the future. And uh, we take one point here to be the beginning of ourselves. I call it point B. Birth. And uh, in our mind, we think that uh, since I, I'm born at this uh, point of time, I begin to exist only from this point. There will be a time when I have to die, uh, point D. And I have uh, the tendency to describe this uh, segment as uh, being. And when I produce the notion of being, I'm caught by the notion of non-being. I believe that before I begin to be, I did not exist. And this is no being. From no being, I have passed to being. And from being, I will pass to no being again. And that is uh, the feeling 
the thinking of many people. But the Buddha came and said, dear friends, look more deeply. It's not like that. Your nature is no nature of no birth, no death. And Nirvana is the removal of the notion of birth and death, the notion of being and non-being. Nirvana is uh, absolute ground of both being and non-being. It's like the water, the ground of all, all waves. If we say that God is the ground of being, we make a mistake. Paul Tillich once said that uh, God is the ground of being. But we can ask, if God is the ground of being, who will be the ground of non-being? God cannot be described in terms of being and non-being. If you say that God exists, that's wrong. If you say that God does not exist, it's equally wrong. You cannot use your notions of being and non-being to describe God. So nirvana is the removal of all notions, including the notion of birth and death, being and non-being. And if you touch that insight, you transcend all kind of fear, especially the fear of no-being, non-being. There are people, there are those of us who are fearful of being, and there are those of us who are fearful of non-being. These are only notions. To be or not to be, that is not the question. (laughs) We are also caught by the notion of coming and going. When our beloved one is no longer there in the form, we usually see, seen her, saw her. We think that she's gone. She has passed from being to non-being. And we struck by deep grief. Let us uh, do this exercise together. This uh, box, um, matchbox, We use in order to bring about uh, the, the flame. When you want to light a candle, you need a flame. And you might talk to the flame. My dear flame, I need you. Where are you now? Tell me. We have the feeling that the flame is somewhere there. The flame may be hidden inside of the box. But uh, looking deeply, you can see that the flame is hidden also outside of the box. Think of the oxygen. If there is no oxygen, a flame cannot manifest herself. Oxygen is one of the non-flame elements that we need in order to, to help the flame to manifest. 
So the flame is hidden inside the box, outside of the box, and maybe in my fingers. I can bring in another condition for the flame to manifest, that is a movement. My dear little flame, I know you are there. Why don't you manifest for us? And the flame say, Dear Thay, dear Sangha, I want to manifest for you, but uh, would you like to help? (laughs) And with uh, a movement, one last condition, I help the flame to manifest. And with uh, that insight of uh, no birth and no death, I know that this is only a manifestation. Now you would like to ask uh, the flame. Don't think that flame has become nothing. If you, if you have observed, you know that the flame has become so many things. The heat she produced, the smoke she produced, continue in us and outside of us. My dear little flame, where have you come from? And where have you gone? I miss you. And if you listen very carefully, you can hear the answer of the flame. Dear Thay, dear Sangha, I have come from nowhere. I have not come from the south, the north, the east, the west. When conditions come together, when conditions are sufficient, I manifest myself. And we know that uh, the flame is telling us the truth. She has not come from the south. She has not come from the north. She is non-local. <laughs> and when things come together, she manifests like that. So you are a manifestation. You are not coming from anywhere. You are at the same time here and there, everywhere. My dear little flame, where have you gone? And you listen, and the flame is telling you, Dear Thay, dear Sangha, I have not gone anywhere. I have not gone to the south, nor to the north, nor to the east. My, when conditions are no longer sufficient, I stop manifestation my manifestation in order to manifest otherwise. And we know that she is telling the truth. The nature of the flame is the nature of no coming, no going. And no coming and no no going is part of, uh, is a description of Nirvana. Nirvana is the absence of the notion of coming and going. Let us invite uh, the flame to manifest again. 
I have a candle. And with the candle, we can make the flame, one flame, into two flames. Now I want to talk to this second flame. <laughs> My dear little flame, are you the same with the flame before, or you are a different one? Please tell us. The practice is to listen deeply, to look deeply, to find the answer. When you open your family album, you see yourself as a five-year-old child. And you ask the question whether you are the same person with the five-year-old child or you are a different person. Because you you look so different. Your body, your feelings, your perceptions, your consciousness are so different from when you were five years old. Are you the same person? Or are you a different person? And the answer is, you are neither the same with a little boy or little girl, but you are not really a different person. No sameness no otherness. When you look at your son, you may think that your son is another person. But looking deeply, you see that your son is your continuation and you are fully present in the person of your son. And when you love your son, you speak nicely to him and you love yourself, you speak uh, nicely to yourself because your own nature and the nature of your son is the nature of no sameness, no otherness. There are four kinds of opposites. The first pair, the first pair of opposite is birth and death. The second pair of opposite is uh, being and non-being. The third pair of opposite is uh, coming and going. And the fourth one is sameness and otherness. There are many other pairs of opposite, like uh, eternalism or nihilism. There are those who think that when they die, there's nothing left. There's nihilism. And there are those who think that when they die, they, they will be continued forever and ever in the same way. And they don't take into account 
the truth of uh, impermanence and uh, no self. So, uh, eternalism and nihilism constitute another pair of opposites. The practice of uh, Buddhist meditation directed to what is there help us to touch the nature of no birth, no death, no being, no non-being, no coming, no going, no sameness, no otherness. When we come to a practice center, with the practice of walking, breathing, relaxing, we can get a lot of relief. But the greatest relief of all, you only get when you touch nirvana, you touch your true nature of no birth, no death, no coming, no going. And this is the cream of the Buddha's teaching. It would be wonderful if you can arrange so that you will be less busy in order to practice this kind of uh, looking. We will, discover, we will discover the depth of our true nature and it will help us, help us transcend all kinds of suffering and fear. And every moment that is given us to live will be a wonderful moment. And with uh, a Sangha, we, can, um, we may have uh, more opportunities to continue our practice. That is why Sangha building is very important. When you go back to the place, your place, try to look around to identify elements of your Sangha. Talk to your children, talk to your friends, and set up a group of friends to practice. To practice peace and joy and liberation and happiness in our daily life. We can come together and enjoy walking in the kingdom of God. We can come together and sit down and enjoy a meal together, a mindfulness meal, mindful meal together. And all practice will be nourishing and healing and transforming. We have enough intelligence in order to organize so that every moment of our practice becomes a moment of joy. Sitting is joy. Walking is joy. Brushing your teeth is joy. Eating your breakfast is joy. Nothing can prevent us from living our life like that. And it's possible for us to be a Buddha and to offer ourselves as a Buddha to our beloved one. Mommy, you want uh, a Buddha as a gift? <laughs> <laughs>